Habits and Health, episode 32. Welcome to the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard. Welcome to another edition of the podcast where we aim to give you ideas to improve your health in, in various ways or, or maybe the habits that you have that will improve your health. Today's episode is with Dr. Renee Wellenstein. She is a, a functional medicine practitioner and she talks about how she had a major accident um, around about 12 years ago that changed the way that she looked at things and the, um, it changed many things about her life as well. So we find out a lot more about that and how she got into functional medicine, what functional medicine, what functional medicine is, how it helps you, and so on. So that's uh, this week's episode with Dr. Renee Wellenstein. And how are you doing, Renee? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. And we were just talking before the, the recording started, and you, well, you were you're you're in New York, but as you mentioned, most people think of New York and the Big Apple and everything, but that's not quite the New York you're in. No, there is a big state outside of New York City. New York City is quite small as far as land size, uh, and there's this huge state that's attached to it, and I am right in the middle of that state out in the country. So it's it's beautiful where I live. It's quiet, it's calm, it's exactly what a productive, I don't like to use the word busy, a productive mom of twins needed in her life 13 years ago. So so is that how long you've been living where you are now? Yes, 13 years. My children just turned 14. So we moved up here when they were just babies at one. And uh, I just needed more peace in my life because I was living outside of New York City. So I did have New York City living for many years. And I loved it at that point in my life. But like anything, we all go through seasons. And my season when they turned one was, let's tone it down a little, let's calm down a little, let's spend not so much time in traffic, commuting to work and such. I worked enough as an OBGYN at the hospital. So I didn't want to spend all that extra time that I had free in the car commuting, you know, in lines at grocery stores or such. So we decided to move out of the suburbs of New York City to the country and just for a better quality of life while they're growing up and better school. Not to say the schools in the city aren't, aren't the best, but, um, you know, I just wanted to not worry about my children for 18 years or at least worry less about them for 18 years. And, and you touched upon quality of life there, and that's quite a, quite a strong connection with what you actually do for a living, isn't it? That is correct. Yeah. I, you know, and it's interesting when I moved up here, my definition of quality of life was, you know, just calming down and, and being quiet and not rushing. And it took me a couple of years really to get out of that city, go, 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 rush, rush, rush. It's really interesting what that does to your body. And, and I continued sort of the rush, rush, rush in that my career as an OBGYN was very high stress. And what I got to slow down a bit and get outside in nature more was a horse. So I always say, what do you do when you get to the country? You, you, you adopt a horse off of a racetrack. And I am a uh, daughter of a dairy farmer. And I had asked him when I was seven for a horse. And he said, no. And I said, back when I was seven, I remember this, you watch, I'm going to have my horse. So at the age of 39, I got my horse and then I fell off that horse and broke my back. So 
And I always say that's always where my story begins because up until then I thought I had this storybook life of, you know, successful OBGYN, living in the country, mom of twins, who got a horse for her own trail rides and boom, fell off that horse and uh, my life changed. And, and how? What happened from then? So I broke my back and it's interesting because up until that point, you know, here I was gone 150 miles per hour still, despite the, the calmness of my environment. And again, my, it, my children at this point were four going on five. And again, I was very busy at the hospital, you know, up every couple of nights on call and such. And I literally had to do nothing but lay in a bed because of the broken back. And so for the next six months, I danced around a lot of, you know, pain and pain medications and, and rehabilitation. And my injury was one that they, it was inoperable. They couldn't put, I always say I was Humpty Dumpty that fell off the wall that couldn't be put to, back together again because the injury or a, in bones that are attached to muscles that are constantly under tension. Hmm. So they, unless they put me in traction and didn't let me move for six months, there was no way of repairing them. So I uh, chased this pain and and such, and I don't do well on narcotics, which are the strong pain medications that they give for for pain. And and if I did take them, I was chasing them with all of the other medications for the side effects, like the nausea and the constipation. So at uh, six months of time, I actually had a a procedure, a minimally invasive procedure on my back to at least get me off of the drugs and back to work. And when I went back to gynecology, I could no longer operate or deliver due to some physical range of motion issues and and the pain, obviously. So I got to the point where, you know, I would experience pain and I just couldn't put it out of my head. And when you're a doctor operating or delivering those babies, you have to put the patient above your own physical discomfort. And at that point, and to this day, I, I couldn't do that anymore. So I was confined to the clinic doing pap smears all day. And it's interesting. And, and I did that for a couple of years. And I would always come home going, gosh, I just don't feel like I'm changing lives anymore. You know, I gave up a good portion of my life to change lives. And when you're in that capacity of just counseling women about X, Y, and Z and doing their pap smears, I just, again, my life-changing ability was doing their surgeries, delivering their babies. And you know, starting them in the office setting if they had a problem, but then completing it elsewhere and, and taking them on their journey as far as their health. So, and that's what I did as a conventional doc. And uh, over the course of a couple of years of doing that and coming home many a nights to my husband and saying, geez, I'm just not fulfilled in my job anymore, but what else do I do? I was experiencing some major medical problems aside from my back pain. Mm. And, you know, they included the inability to get up in the morning. I really had low energy throughout the day. I find myself coming home from the office and just plopping on the couch for the rest of the day, um, counting down the hours of getting back home to lay down. Unmotivated. I just didn't feel like, aside from work, that I felt like doing anything. Terrible cravings, weight gain. I can go on and on and on. But, you know, when I had gone to my doctor because I had gotten to a point where I just couldn't deal with this anymore. You know, I was like, wow, this is just, I don't know what is going on. And being in that world of medicine, of course, this sounds like depression and it just didn't feel like depression. So I remember her saying, well, you know, that's, I think that's what it is. And of course I was like, yeah, I guess it's, it's gotta be, there's nothing else. So I went on an antidepressant and it didn't get better. Actually I had all of the side effects 
and uh, I still had my symptoms. And so what happens if you fail one medication is that it's not the wrong diagnosis, it's the wrong medication. So after about three months on that one particular medication, I was actually put on a second um, and the same thing happened. At which time I started asking questions like, gosh, I don't think this is right, but what else could it be? And I got so frustrated with the fact that I still felt awful. And now I felt even worse because of the side effects that I abruptly went off and started looking for answers elsewhere. And that's when I stumbled upon the world of functional medicine. And I didn't even know what that was. And what was really interesting is here I am in the medical world and I'm only trained to make a diagnosis. So whatever your symptoms are, I'm trained to shove you in a box, which I felt like I was shoved into, even though it didn't feel like classic depression. And of course, slap a medication on it and call it a day. And I say that again, because that's how I was trained in medical school. There's a lot of science behind what we do as doctors, but I feel like it's overshadowed by making that all, you know, all encompassing diagnosis of putting all the symptoms together, trying to come down to one thing and then putting a medication on it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, yes, how we're trained, but number two, as a society, this is what many people want because we're so busy nowadays. We don't have time to be, to feel not unwell, you know, to feel low energy or fatigued or what have you. So, and I can say that also because that's how I felt as a patient as well. You know, when I broke my back, I said, after about six weeks, I'm like, just put me back together again. Come on. Like, what are we waiting for when I had those symptoms? Just give me the medication. I need to feel better, you know? So I was of that mentality also, like, I want it done yesterday. I don't even want to wait 24 hours. And what happened is over those couple of, you know, that year or so of trying these medications and still experiencing all my symptoms, I, I was number one, asking questions like there's something else. But number two, thinking, gosh, I'm ready to do more. And again, so that's when I got into the world of functional medicine. And I remember the first conversation I had on on the phone with a doctor. And of course, you know, I got on the phone with her because of, it was actually another reason I got on the phone with her, not for my own personal health, but she started to talk about my own personal health. And I said, well, you know, here's what's going on. And I don't even know what you do, but everyone else I feel like has turned their back on me and told me, it's number one, normal and or number two, you're going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. And I really knew the turning point was the night I laid in bed with my husband, feeling completely helpless and hopeless. And again, I'm in the medical world with colleagues that do this for a living. And I feel this way, hmm. you know, how are other people feeling? But I remember telling him, I can't go on living like this. Hmm. And here in the next two rooms, I had these little kids, but here's our mama thinking, I can't live like this. Hmm. That was scary. That was probably the scariest time in my life. And, you know, I thank God every day that she, this functional medicine doc was put into my realm because I would not have found her on my own. And, you know, as I'm talking to her on the phone this, that night, I Googled functional medicine. I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like root cause medicine, like getting to the root cause of why someone feels the way they feel. She then went on to explain what she thought was going on with me. And of course, you had to see me Googling as she's talking adrenal fatigue, right? Because that's what we called it seven years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly how I feel throughout the whole day. And then she went on to say, you know, of course, we're going to confirm it with some testing in the office, but this is what you can do right, right away. And it did not include medications. It included some simple things, you know, a few strategic supplements and some things that I could start doing in my lifestyle, including 
validation that this was real. It wasn't all in my head, which I think is the huge problem that I had. And when I talk about things like adrenal dysfunction or, you know, quote unquote burnout, which I think a lot of people can recognize a lot better as far as symptoms, I think a lot of people start thinking it's in their head. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is like, once I had validation that it was not, this was real, it was not in my head. That was my first step into healing. Mm -hmm. And ironically, in that same conversation, she offered me a job. And here I am, conventionally trained as an OBGYN, have no idea what even functional medicine is until I Googled it that same night. But the fact that in one conversation, number one, she exposed me to functional medicine and, and what they actually do. Number two, she listened to me, which was unlike any other doc. She actually listened to how I was feeling. She validated my feelings and she came up with something that sounded a lot more plausible than a diagnosis of depression. And she started to say, these are simple things you can do at home. Like Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't necessarily need me, but this, you know, you can obviously to guide as a, as a guide, because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And right then and there, I was like, yes, I found my purpose again. Like, this is what I am supposed to do. This is why I had the back injury. This is why my life completely took a 180 degree turn. Mm -hmm. And just like that, I signed up for a a fellowship in functional medicine. I applied for it and started my continuing education as a functional medicine provider. And never in one, one day since that day have ever regretted it because it has completely changed my life my family's life, and obviously everyone I work with. And so how long ago was that? That's about seven years ago now. Yeah, 2014. So I was in, you know, this is about a two-year journey. My injury was in 2012. And this was, you know, a two-year journey, but probably actively for, you know, 2013 to 2014 is when I had all these symptoms. And, you know, Classically, I probably had, I was on the verge of burnout for years because of my just, you know, mom of infant twins trying to juggle that and, you know, living in the city for all those years and then, you know, trying to decompress a bit, but still working crazy hours at the hospital and in my free time running and jumping on a horse. And, and, you know, I feel like that the burnout can experience, you can experience it from long chronic stress, but then in my case, it was that long chronic stress and boom, breaking my back, you know, and that just that traumatic event was enough to throw me into a talisman. And the interesting thing is it was so overshadowed by my, my pain for so long that I just equated everything with my pain, you know, Mm -hmm. my fatigue with my pain and low energy and inability to really want to do anything and cravings and weight gain and all of that. And I was like, oh gosh, it just is because of my pain and medications because I was on a slew of medications right after the injury. And um, yeah, so I do, you know, I I think it was actively from 2013 to 2014, I was chasing these symptoms Mm. because they became a little more apparent to me. And I kind of brought them to the forefront, put the back pain, even though I had it like down on on the level. And 2014 is when I got my answer. So I actively started to heal 2014, and I want to say within a couple months, I started at least feeling better. I didn't feel great yet, but I did start seeing changes that were positive, which kept me going. And I would say it was probably about a year and a half before I felt kind of back to myself again. And so how how now is your the fatigue and your back and, and so on? Uh, the back I still deal with. Um, you know, I've done a lot of mind-body work over the past, you know, 
five years now. And um, I feel like, because, and you know, I felt, I feel like I worked, started working on my mindset even seven years ago because I was very much in that victim mentality for many, for two years. Hmm. I went through all the stages of grieving because I, I lost the life that I knew. Um, I felt angry. I felt like no one knew how I was feeling, you know, so I had to go through that whole process and, and including the process of poor me, like, you don't know what it's feel, it feels like to wake up with back pain, you know, like that whole pain mentality. And I really had to snap out of that if I truly wanted to heal. Mm. And so while I'm, you know, still notice it and bothered by it, I don't let it run my life anymore. Mm. As far as fatigue, it's interesting. Um, and burnout, like I have this very type A, go, go, go personality. I It's what got me to, through medical school and OBGYN residency. And I really honor it and I love it. However, I sometimes don't know when to stop. And, you know, I really have, and, and I've really mastered this over the last couple of years of implementing strategies of self-care to really keep myself like toned down a bit 24 uh, seven, just so I don't overdo it and get as deep down in the depths of burnout, like I did seven years ago. So, because that was not fun, you know, and, and I can't at this point in my life, I can't, I don't want to feel like that again. You know, yes, I could go lay down and whatever, but that's not how I want to live my life. And I feel like it comes down to a, a period of just ma- maintaining the level I'm at and always feeling great. And when I start feeling a little bit of dip, which I think everyone feels here and there, especially over the past year hmm. to really, you know, now realize it's a calling for me to just get, you know, tune out from everybody else and tune back into me and, and give myself what I need. With, with everything that you went through with the with the injury and then the various encounters with different doctors and the medication, and then with the training you've gone through with the functional medicine, I'm, I imagine you're able to help patients so much more than you know you're able to identify maybe more of and, and so on. Absolutely, you know it's so interesting. I always say it's. I, I feel like regular medicine also, it's very beneficial. And I never want anyone to think that I'm anti-doctor or anti-medication because I'm married to a doctor you know, who goes and saves lives in the hospital every single day. He is needed. Hmm. What I am really against nowadays is the fact that it's become so commonplace for us for every little symptom we have to run to our doctor to get a medication. Yeah. When I feel nine times out of 10 that you can, you can feel better without running to your doctor and getting the medication. But once again, it comes down to taking the time to do that, you know, potentially being your own advocate for your health, which unfortunately nowadays, that's my biggest thing that I say to people. It's like you, there's a, there's a ton of information online and some of it's true and some's not, but again, it's just being your own advocate, doing your research, asking questions, and potentially, if it doesn't feel like it's something life-threatening, trying something on your own before running to the doctor. And, you know, there's, again, a ton of people also that work in this realm of holistic health or functional medicine that are more than willing to help you, guide you on your way, whatever the case may be. So I do think that um, what I do now is not as cookie cutter as it used to be. You know, again, I remember back in the day, just following, I was in OBGYN for over 15 years and very much practicing, okay, follow the algorithm or the protocol and where, what path do you go down and what do we have to do next kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. There's it, And I'm not belittling med- medicine and our training. Um, it's very complex and, and difficult. 
However, I feel like it takes a lot of the thinking outside the box out of it. Like you are just very much, you, you, you have your zebras that you really, oh, that's rare and this and that. But like, if it's not an ICD-10 code, which is a code that you circle on the health insurance forms um, or, or billing forms or whatever, whatever they call them now, but um, that they can submit to their insurance, it's not a real entity. And when I went back and did my training in functional medicine, a lot of the things I was learning, I, I remember learning in medical school. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember that. And the beauty of it, learning about it again in functional medicine training is because now I, it wasn't just rote memorization. It was like, oh, wow, that hormone pathway really does make sense now. And wow, look at this can go here and there. So it really made learning a lot easier and just the fact that things happen so much more before the diagnosis in our bodies that we can actually intervene and, and improve upon before getting to that point of like a diagnosis. Because a lot of times, many symptoms could lead to an underlying issue with a, a particular organ, but not necessarily have to land on one particular diagnosis mm. or, you know, or many organs, but you can you focus on one, improve the health of one gut health, for instance, a lot of things can improve your immune system, your mental health, you know? So I do find that what I do now is a lot harder in that no two people are alike. Hmm. I call it personalized medicine for a reason. And I think everyone does because I find no two women are alike and what their underlying root causes are for their, they could have the same exact symptoms, hmm. but their underlying root causes are different and how I go about treating them is different. And just at this point, I mean, anyone who's listening now, who maybe came to this conversation with no knowledge of functional medicine. So they're probably starting to get an idea about what it's about now from what you've been saying so far. But could you give maybe a definition for, they may still be a little bit vague, what, what exactly is this functional medicine that you've, you've been talking about? Yeah, it's, it's you know, I always like to reference it as root, root cause medicine. And, and what that means is essentially your symptoms, why are you having your symptoms? You know, let's go a little bit deeper down as far as, is it related to um, an issue in your your gut or your, you know, and, and and furthermore, is it related to a lifestyle habit such as nutrition or lack of sleep or lack of hydration or nutrient deficiency or uh, toxicity, like a heavy metal toxicity or something from our foods or chemicals we're putting on our body or hormonal imbalance? Okay, we have hormonal imbalance causing heavy menstrual period. Okay. But why? Mm. Right. So like, is it too much estrogen and why is it too much estrogen? Is again, is it the chemicals we're putting on our body? Is it, you know, from some of the foods that we're eating? Is it from the fact that you're not breaking down estrogen in your gut, which is a real thing? The gut bacteria help do that as well. So we kind of start with the symptoms and kind of stepwise back. Okay. Okay. It's due to hormones, but why mm. keep going back versus the way I could have been, I was trained is, okay, it's hormones. What pill, what hormone are we going to give you to correct that imbalance? As opposed to saying, and I'm not against that even, I, I used to prescribe what they call bioidentical hormones, which are more natural hormones, mm. but I would always also ask why, mm. right? Because if it's something that's not needed long-term, I'm great for, you know, it's great for putting people on either a supplement or, or medication short-term, but then come back and ask why. So it's essentially going and asking the why behind the symptoms and trying to dig a little bit deeper. And sometimes it's literally peeling the onion back hmm. one layer at a time because we are complex. We're humans. And 
it's not generally A goes to Z, you know, it's A to B to Z to, you know, like it's, it's, it's a roundabout way of getting there. And if you want, in my opinion, optimal health is achieved by really getting down deep and figuring out the why, because you will find that if you improve, say it's a, again, let's go back to gut health because that's so integral to our overall health. You start eating better and making sure that you're absorbing your, your nutrients and everything's moving through. So you're detoxing and you can fix the hormonal imbalance in that immune system that seems compromised all the time and your mood changes and, you know, so many other things that are related to gut health. So I do find that um, it's just, it's, I would love to say it's the future of medicine, but it's, and I always, but I don't know if I'm going to see it in my, my lifetime, because I, I do feel that consumers, even, even of healthcare are getting a lot smarter about taking care of themselves and knowing that a medication is really not going to give them the long life that they are look, truly looking for. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe that creating healthy habits should be easy. If you know a friend or a loved one who might be interested in learning simple habits to improve their health, then please share this podcast with them. We also invite you to subscribe and to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to the show. Well, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking that many people are almost conditioned to just go to a doctor and expect medication for whatever it is that they've gone to the doctor with. So I wonder in some ways, functional medicine, maybe for some people, especially if they're not really, don't have a good understanding of what functional medicine is, and they're used to this um, paradigm where they just simply get the medication, it could maybe be overwhelming for some people who suddenly they're, they're told all these things and there's all these different things that have to be addressed. So how do you handle a situation like that? Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I work a little differently with clients now. I don't actually work in the doctor fashion that I used to in an office because a couple of things. Number one, um, I found that even though I was still, I was spending an hour with my patients, an hour, which is unheard of here, at least in the U.S., it's like you're lucky to get five minutes. And that's not, and I, I say that again with much love for my fellow doctors because I was in that situation as well. That's the healthcare system, unfortunately. And it's, I think, getting even worse. But I always thought, wow, I'm spending an hour with a patient. But here's the reality of the situation. When I pulled back and I actually was no longer in the office setting, I was still overwhelming her because, like you just said, you know, there was a lot to get into that hour visit. Like I went and had to go over all her blood work, spew everything. Like I'm big into educating. Like I want to know the why myself. So I, I'm telling a lot of my patients like, this is why this is happening. And this is why this is happening and take this and take that and do this and do that. They would walk out of my office with their head spinning, but I didn't always see it. Cause I was like, Oh great. I changed your life. Right. Well, they would come back three or six months later and they would mostly women. I did work uh, for those four years with men as well, but I would say the majority of the women would come back with their heads hanging low thinking or saying to me, Oh, I feel like such a failure. I did one out of the 10 things that you wanted me to do. Hmm. And here was the reality when I had to pull back and say, why wasn't that working? I was overwhelming her even more than she already was. She came to me and generally one of the symptoms was overwhelm and stress and inability to, to get healthy and take control of her health. And here I am just pouring more on her to-do list. Hmm. So what I do now is I actually, literally when I work one-on-one with clients, I hold them by their hand 
and I give them bite-sized pieces. So there's much more contact with them Mm -hmm. um, and much less overwhelm because Mm -hmm. I find that women, they will carry, they will, and men as well. Men were, it's very interesting. My male patients were very good at, they didn't always listen in the office. (laughs) They'd always call after the appointment and say, what did she say? But they were very good at following through. Like they had their list. They were very much like, do, do, do. I do everything she says. And then my my ladies would listen to me, but then they couldn't always carry through. So it was very interesting in the comparison. But And it's not 100% for either. But mm-hmm. in general, when I had to, to really evaluate what worked and what didn't work moving forward, because at the end of the day, I'm here and put on this earth to change lives and to improve health. And I really had to try to figure out the best way to do that. And that meant just more frequent touch points with the clients, not leaving them on their own for three or six months to implement. Um, and I do find, especially with women, and I do believe with men as well, support and accountability is, is key, especially when you're making a lot of these changes in the rest of your household is not. Hmm. You can feel very alone. You can feel like, what am I doing this for? Especially if, again, it without the support or, or even being ridiculed for your lifestyle changes. Hmm. It's really interesting how many people I work with that, you know, you don't go to a party and get ridiculed for eating the crackers and, and chips, right? But if you go and bring a, a veggie platter and just hang out at the veggie platter, they say things like, what, are you only eating veggies? Are you trying to get healthy? Are you trying to lose weight, you know? And it's so interesting because I've gotten this feedback from a lot of people that they feel judged for their healthier lifestyle. Hmm. And it's really very, just a very interesting observation, in my opinion. So, um. Anyhow, I do find that the, the support is key uh, and the, the continued accountability because I work again with, I currently only work with women. And again, they're generally very productive. I again, say that in lieu of busy women that are juggling many things and they do want to get healthy. And I believe you can have it all. You can mm. do it all. It's just how we deliver the information. So since you've adjusted, so you mentioned about, you know, a few years ago, you were maybe overwhelming some patients and now you're kind of doing it one one step at a time so i I imagine uh, it's much easier now for your patients to to help themselves with whatever they they've got yeah and i feel like a lot of um people as soon as they start and again i find men are much more regimented than women again i i've i've viewed like just hormonal changes and how men do things and how women do things. Um, and I do find that when women fall off, they think like it's, they throw in the towel, even if it's after just one night of falling off or one day or one weekend and they throw in the towel and just give up everything that they've done. And I do find that that continues support, even if they quote unquote fall off, we pick them right back up again until they have the faith and the confidence in themselves to do it right. themselves. And that's my goal by the time we're done working together, because I don't function as a doctor. There is a finite relationship, but I, it's my goal in our time together that I have built, we have just habit stacked healthy habits on top of another. So it's become really much easier for them to adopt these healthier lifestyles and stick to them. Mm. A lot of women come to me, I'm great for a month. I'm great for two months. And then they completely fall off and they go back to doing what they were doing. Mm. Number one, getting out of that mindset as soon as we start working together that, you know, that's what you have in your head, that you're good for a month or two months. So, um, yeah, so I feel like, you know, the, the support, the accountability is, is key and the baby steps is also key. Are there any patients that maybe when they first came to you, they'd been to many different doctors and were kind of on a point of giving up and 
maybe i don't know maybe they didn't have much faith in you'd be able to help them either and they were really surprised with the experience with you yeah absolutely you know and it's interesting i got i have a lot of those right. I, I i think nowadays i'm getting more of the the women that are being more proactive right out of the gate but in my history i've had a lot of people come to me that have been chasing either the different specialties or their doctor has given up on them and they just know there's something going on um and they do come into that first appointment with that mindset, kind of like I did with my doctor, like, okay, what do you have? Cause everyone else has given up on me. I'm willing to do anything. Mm. It's really interesting because those are the people that are, are willing to do anything and they're willing to put in the work to feel better. And I always say, you know, you don't, you didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get better overnight, especially with the kind of medicine that we're practicing. You know, it's mm. really, it's the long game. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon and you want to feel better and stay in good health or optimal health, it takes, it takes time. Hmm. And just like with myself and my condition, I didn't get to that state overnight. You know, yes, it took breaking my back to sort of put me over the edge, but kind of coming into that situation, it took me two years to get to that point where I was so deep down in the depths of, you know, at that point burnout that I, I just was willing to do anything that I needed to do to feel better, especially if there's hope that I could feel better. Hmm. That's all I needed. What would you what do you think about some doctors? Um, there's some criticism of, of functional medicine by by some doctors. Many what, doctors. Yeah. What, what do you make of that? You know, my it, it's interesting because I actually um, I always like to say I was one of those doctors that didn't have the ego that thought like if I didn't learn about it, it's not real. And mm. it's really the the reality of the situation is we did learn about it in medical school. It was just gleamed over by pharmaceuticals. And so, you know, a lot of docs think like, if it's not in my medical book or my pharmacopoeia, which is our little cheat sheet for medications, it's not, especially with supplements, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying everyone doing what I'm doing in the world is doing it. I don't want to say correctly. I don't want to judge, but like, there is some, some non-truths out there. Okay. And I, but I do think that the majority of us are doing it, are trained or doing it well, or doing it science-based, um, evidence-based medicine. Hmm. And so I do think there's a couple of things I do. I do view it as if I didn't learn it, it's not true. And we did learn it. And number two, I do find that a lot of regular docs see it as competition hmm. and I see it more as collaboration. You know, we are at the end of the day, we're just trying to get the population as a whole healthy, whatever way that person wants to get healthy, if it is going to get a medication. And again, there's only so far you can get with medications. A lot of times I think, if, you know, if you don't address what got you there, it's only going to worsen. Um, the medication is just going to make it tolerable. And, you know, it, it if they want to get healthy my way, they come my way. And I do think it can be collaborative, meaning, yes, you have to go to your doctor. You need an antibiotic if you get an infection. Yes, you know. But it, when you're out of the hospital or you're not in an acute situation, let's work on and just maintaining good health. So I don't see it as a as a competition. And again, I, I'm hopeful in the future that it, it'll be much more collaborative versus competitive. And uh, I do think just getting physicians like myself, you know, I was trained. I went to medical school. I had another career in, in allopathic medicine, you know, in OBGYN. So, you know, I, I do know the how I was trained and I do know the science behind health conditions. And so I, and that's the majority of, of practitioners like myself that are physicians, we've had other careers in medicine. We know, hmm. so we know what obviously is safe to treat 
without and what, and what needs medication. Can you see any signs that it, that it is changing? Um, I can only see, yes, I do, actually. I, I mean, even when I was in an office, I would have a handful of regular docs sending patients my way that were requesting more natural treatments. And and again, I say handful. So I think that was better even than 10 years ago when there was zero, you know, mm-hmm. so a handful, you know, five, I've been out of that office now for four, uh, three years, but for four years total, you know, I did have a handful of people that doctors that would refer their patients to me for more collaborative care. I did have, you know, cancer patients coming to me. And again, I worked with their oncologists for just a better quality of life while they're undergoing treatment or post-treatment and had suffered um, some hormonal imbalances and, and worsening kidney function and such. So I do, I do find it takes a special physician in the real, in the conventional world to really say there's, many ways of healing a, a person. And that includes alternative treatments. And I'm all for such things as acupuncture and energy work and such. And I do find, you know, I do think acupuncture, at least here in the U S is, is becoming more mainstream. So. Hmm. It seems, I mean, I, I get the impression there's a few, there's a few doctors I've been sort of, hmm, I say come across, I suppose in the last sort of few months who are now looking at functional medicine and actually, well, some of them have actually started training in functional medicine to become a functional medicine practitioner. Is is that something that you're aware of? Have many doctors, do you know, of doing anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many here as well. You know, I do I do find personally, at least the the docs that I've come in contact with, we've all had our personal experiences in the conventional world and the conventional model has failed us, hmm. which is what has I, I don't know if I've ever met anyone who hasn't had a personal health experience where they had sought care outside of the conventional world because they were not getting help. Yeah. Um, in my experience, it's been a hundred percent of, of the people um, that I have, my colleagues that have been in similar situations as myself. And, and, you know, we've, we needed to get our answers. We knew we could feel better. And and when we found those answers for ourselves, we all realized that we needed to do this for our patients as well. Mm. So I do find a huge number is gaining momentum actually now ever since the pandemic, because again, we felt so hopeless. And in the beginnings, people were turning towards supplements and such, because that's all we had. We didn't know what else to do, but to support our immune system. So I think, you know, I hope we don't have situations like that again in the future, but I think it was a wake up call that we have to have more than just medications and vaccines in our, in our tool belt Mm. at the get go to just arm ourselves with the best health that we can be in Mm. to, to combat these illnesses. How do you see functional medicine developing, progressing in the next few years, decades? Oh my goodness. There's so much. Uh, I mean, I, I do think that more and more studies, I, you know, the interesting thing is there's not, there's studies out there, but I think we're going to see more studies on non-medication supplements, you know, uh, for, for use in certain diseases and and illnesses, because in the past they were never funded well because they weren't pharmaceutical based studies. And I, I do think we're going to probably see more of that just because again, over the past year's experience, we need other things in our tool belt as far as research and what works and what does not work on certain things, including infections. So I do think we're going to find more and more uses of supplements and just lifestyle changes and, you know, more and more about gut health and the connection with gut health 
in the gut bacteria is huge. The, the bacteria in the gut, as far as the utility of a, of a good balance and studying on how to improve that, because we keep coming back to the gut, but that's really the source of a lot of our inflammation in our body and disease. So I think there's going to be a lot more research on gut health, um, mental health. Gosh, I just, I just think there's just so much coming our way. And I do, I love functional medicine, but you got to stay on the cutting edge. It's always changing. You know, there's mm-hmm. always something new coming out, another new study. Um, and, and there's a lot we can do with our health that we do not need a medication for. Mm-hmm. And so how, for your personal um, practice, how, you know, how do you see yourself maybe developing and your practice expanding over the next few years? Yeah, you know, there's only one of me and the way that I, one of the limitations I knew with my practice is that um, the way I've designed it now, there's only a handful of people I could work with because it's so high touch Versus, you know, in the past in the office, I'd see six or eight patients in a day, which again, does not sound like a lot to a regular doc who sees 30. That's, that was my old life, 30, 35, six to eight in a day doesn't sound like a lot, but it was still, you know, again, it's not cookie cutter medicine. There's a lot of brain work that goes into the heads, mm-hmm. a lot of documentation. Now with how I work with, with women, um, there's a lot fewer that I can work with. So I'm actually designing more group programs to, you know, more women to go through it together uh, on common things that, you know, I, I see I'm talking about over and over again, including stress and adrenal health, mm-hmm. aka burnout, and trying to, number one, bring the cost down because it is an investment to work with functional medicine providers. But number, and that's if you see me online or you go to an office, it's, it's costly. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But the degree and level of care you get from a provider like myself is is exceptional. So, um, but I am in the process of designing more group programs. So again, one to keep the cost down, but number two, to impact more women's lives at once. And number three, I do find women do very well knowing they're not alone. Mm-hmm. They thrive in community and support mm-hmm. and just not only support and accountability from me, but from other women going through the same exact thing they're going through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Changing the, uh... You know, we've been talking about functional medicine for the last 40 minutes or so. What, um, one of the things, well, one of the questions I ask most of my guests is, is there a book that's particularly moved you at all in, in the last few months or years or, or so on? Yeah. You know, I love, I love listening and reading. I, that's another part of my personality. I am a lifetime learner. I don't care what it's, if it's on business, mindset, health. Um, so I'm always listening to at least one book. <laughs> And probably reading three at a time. Um, And I have to say the most uh, impressive one, it was a fairly long book to listen to. But if you are, again, an overwhelmed, busy woman, I often will listen to a book while walking my dog. So a little nature, a little self-personal development. But I love a book. It's called The Presence Process by Michael Brown. And it's a lot of it's about um, something that I really want to pay attention to myself and, and sort of use your platform to talk about, which is just being more present in the moment in our bodies, you know, kind of talking about the last year plus where we were supposed to have slowed down because we let, you know, we've cut down on all of the outside noise of, you know, having to go to the store and having to bring the kids to school and such. But I do find that we just muddied the waters with a lot of other busyness and we have become even more detached from our body. Mm. And how we feel. And to the point where I sometimes now talk to women, they, they don't even know what makes them happy anymore. 
So The Presence Process by Michael Brown is a, it's a longer book. It is a, it's more of an experience. It's something to go through yourself and it's a very experiential book. Mm-hmm. And I've read through it once and now it's a process of me going through it myself, but it's just becoming again, more into the present moment, more in control of your thoughts. You know, the mind body connection, just, it's just an amazing book. Okay. Well, we'll put a link to that. So that's an audio book as well, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big book. So, uh, I, you know, in some books that I really like in the audio version, I will get both the audio and the, the regular book. So, yeah, I often do that as well. If, if people want to find out more about you, where, where would they look? Uh, I, I have a website. Uh, I don't live at my website, but it, and it's always under development, but uh, com is my website. If you want to learn a little bit more about me and, you know, because I have an online business and because I'm so passionate about changing lives, I am online on all social media platforms. I am Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I have a YouTube. I have a podcast. Like, in my opinion, any way that I can get some free information out there to change lives and, and give women like that aha moment, they might just need to hear one thing. And even men, gosh, I speak to women, but men, a lot of the things I'm talking about pertain to all people. Hmm. So as long as wherever I can give you the aha moment, come find me at Dr. Renee Wallenstein. And what's the name of the podcast? Love the Leap with Dr. Renee. And so what is the the main focus? What, what do you normally do? Uh, functional medicine, holistic health. Okay. Yeah. It, you know, I called it Love Elite because I found that in 2014, when I made that abrupt decision one night to, you know, jump into the realm of functional medicine, it was really on a intuitive hit. Like, right. this is what I need to do next. I have found that my, I have really relied on my intuition, which is part of something called human design. It's part of my human design. And as a doc, I think I muted that a lot for many years because oh, what's intuition, right? Like that gut feeling. And I found that when I started honing in on that gut feeling of like, yes, do that. Yes, don't do that. Yes, do that. I really found incredible changes in my life, you know, health-wise, professionally, all, all across the board. So love the leap is exactly what I do. I just leap when I find something to be right. And um, it's all, yeah, mostly holistic health topics, functional medicine topics. And finally, Renee, is there a is there a quotation that you particularly like? Well, there's a couple. Um, I think just coming off the fact that you know we start we talked a lot about lifestyle changes and such. You know, as, as the basis of functional medicine, I think a lot of the core concepts re- revolve around hydration and and good nutrition and sleep. I always say, you know, we can talk about it like we did today. So lifestyle changes, they seem simple, but they're not always easy. And, you know, again, we make it sound so simplified here, but and we're, we're talking to that overwhelmed person, right? And yes, you can do X, Y, and Z, but when you try to implement that, when you're already, you know, busy and exhausted and all the things, it's not as easy as it can seem. So again, they, they seem simple, but they're not always easy. And didn't you say you had another one as well? I did. Yeah. Awareness is key. Yeah. I always say, I, I, I was saying I have so many, I think if I sat and listened to what I say over and over and what I mean by awareness is key is anything in your life, especially regarding actually anything regarding your health, your relationship, your finances, you don't know what needs to be changed to optimize your health, your relationship, your finances, unless you're aware of what's currently going on. So, you know, in regards to stress, for instance, if you run around saying, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed about what? 
Like what is stressing you out? Like let's really break it down so you can take action of, of remedying that stress. Because we always talk about stress management and this and that, but what are you actively targeting? Like it's great to meditate and take walks in nature, but whatever that underlying stressor is, if you're not taking action and trying to relieve that stress, uh, it's going to remain and you're just going to be continuing to run around saying, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. So awareness on every aspect of your life is key. And, and just before we finish, is there any uh, message or any thoughts you'd like to leave the listeners with? Anything about maybe about health or life in general? Yeah, it, it is your birthright to feel amazing. Like, I think, you know, everyone's so used to feeling, okay, or I'm good. No, you want to feel amazing. We get one life. We get one chance at this life. Life is too short not to make every day an amazing day and feel great. Renny, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next week is episode 33, and my guest is Hayley Twig-Wheeler. She's an emotional empowerment coach, and she's also a speaker, workshop facilitator, facilitator, and author. And she has a program called Emotion Mind Dynamic, where she helps to facilitate life changes for people who have depression and anxiety, issues with confidence and, and so on. So we go into that program and how she helps people and how that all came about. So that's next week's episode, Hayley Wheeler. Hope you enjoyed this week's show with Wenay Wellenstein. If you know anyone who would get some real value from this, please do share the episode with them and hope you have a fantastic week. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.